the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I'm your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also listen to him on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, round one is over. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. Uh, I'm, I'm sure we're about to have a lively conversation about this. Uh, I know it's already been popping off on Twitter. Um, and uh, it's uh, this this thing definitely went away that a lot of people did not anticipate. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, I think so. All right, so let's take a deep breath. Take a deep of, breath. All yes. right, yeah, because otherwise this is going to be bad. So <laughs> first and foremost, the Cowboys uh, got to pick ten. J.C. Horn and Patrick Sertan were off the board. Uh, we talked about that in the last couple of days, that that was a possibility. I'm not sure we ever really thought it would happen, but it did. As J.C. Horn went to the Panthers, uh, you had Patrick Sertan going to the Broncos. Cowboys at number 10 decided to move back what two spots with the Philadelphia Eagles, picking up pick 84 in this year's draft. And despite having Rashawn Slater still on the board, the Cowboys go linebacker Micah Parsons from Penn State. Landon, I will give you the floor. Give me your thoughts. Oh, boy. I get to go first. Um, <clears throat> you know, I, I think the trade back was uh, was obviously the, the right choice. Um, I think that at, at, the, at that spot, taking Slater when even he could have been available at 12, I, mean, I think that spot is not really – that part of it is not really arguable. Um, I think they made the right choice of trading back. The debate on who they took at 12 is obviously the crux of this. Um, you know, I, I think for me, uh, and this is kind of going into this conversation, assuming that all of you, all of you that are listening have been listening to us on along our conversations about this the whole time. You know, my thought process has always been, I don't want Parsons at 10 because uh, there's going to be better players at the board. Um, and I didn't necessarily think that he was the best player on the board, you know, my, in my board at 12 when they took him. Um, but I, I don't think that we can necessarily make a huge argument that the Cowboys reached on a player or that, that, that he wasn't necessarily valued at the, the, where he was taken. I think we can have a conversation about, um, you know, the value of linebackers and, and, and uh, off ball linebackers in the NFL. And, and I think that that's, that's a conversation that's, that's worthy to have. But I think the question of whether, you know, Parsons should be taken at 12 or was of value at 12 isn't really in question. I think that for me, you know, this is a guy who could potentially be a, a really, really good linebacker for you. There's really ugly off the field stuff that, mm-hmm. that really is ugly. Um, and this completely turned you know turned us off immediately on this, and that stuff has to be addressed, or or at least you know I mean it has to, we'll see how it's addressed. But if you know if if the Cowboys did their due diligence here, um, like I said, he wasn't my pick at twelve, uh, but I I certainly don't think it's the end of the world, and I also think that 
you know, the idea that they traded back, they got an extra day two pick. The worst thing that happened today is that the Cowboys lost the opportunity to get JC Horn and Patrick Sertan. Like that's, that's where the, the things really went badly for the Cowboys is when eight and nine went the way they did. I think the rest of it is not great, but it's also not the end of the world to be honest. All right. So, so let's break it up like this. So first of all, I did agree with the trade back. I, I, obviously, I, I've been talking about this forever. I wanted Rashawn Slater, but I did think once they got to 10, it was pretty unlikely that he was going to go at pick 11 or 12. So sliding back, I thought made a lot of sense. Yep. And even try, sliding, you know, trading back and picking Parsons at 12, getting the third round pick makes it much more palatable because now you have more picks to go address different spots of your defense. You have – was it four more picks in the top 100 that we're yeah, going to talk and, about? And they won the trade too. Like they got better value than sure, what the church yes. say for the trade as yes. well. Well, yeah. and, uh, just really quickly, like, we're going to get into who's available and that kind of stuff. But the Cowboys have pick 44. If you just look at the trade value chart, uh, you could use pick uh, 84 again, which they got from the Eagles. Pair that with 44, and you could probably get up to 33. You know, you could probably have the first pick in the second round if you wanted to do that. I don't, I don't anticipate necessarily the Cowboys doing that, but it gives you options. So let's set aside that. The next thing I want to talk about the office field stuff before we even get into the player. If you've done any research at all, there are some pretty bad things that happened at during his time at Penn State. Uh, even. Um, his head coach, uh, Franklin, was saying most of the time he's a really good kid. That makes you a little bit nervous. And then there's the opt-out stuff. That stuff alone, Landon, just made me completely out. Because when you're picking inside the top 10 or top 12, you want to pick guys that you have no doubts about at all. You want completely clean character, and you want the best character players on your team. So taking somebody who has even a hint of stuff that's pretty disgusting makes you feel I mean, not great about this pick, right? Uh, let's ignore that for a second. Let's say the Cowboys did do their due diligence and they feel great about it. Yeah. If we're just talking about the player alone, I still have problems with it because it. at the end of the day, it's an off-the-ball linebacker. And that's my biggest thing is this team has so many other needs at more important and more valuable positions. And I get that Parsons is a really interesting talent, but it's not like he's a flawless talent, right? We talked about it in our show with against you know Jeremiah Usakormoa, Zayvon Collins, and Micah Parsons. Of those three linebackers, we had the most questions about how he fits into this defense, right? Like we 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 just could, were concerned about you know him playing in a scheme that forces him to drop back in coverage, and he still kind of plays like a defensive end, and some of the run fits are questionable. So on top of the positional value, I'm just not I'm not sold that he's in the same linebacker talent as like a Devin White. And, and I guess that when you add up all those things together, it's why I'm just kind of out on this pick. Yeah. And I, and I, I could totally understand, you know, not thinking that he's of that class. I also think that, you know, we under, we tend to overrate and lump linebacker into this uh, position with running back where I, I don't necessarily agree that it's value is intrinsically tied to running back. Um, I think that that you know drafting a linebacker, um, especially a guy that like this who can move around and do some different things for you, if he can, if if he you know is living up to the talent there, I I, I can understand the value there because he 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 actually can do different things than the guys that you already have. Uh, you know that it's it's actually different than the Leighton Vander Esch pick because 
Van Der Esch to me was just a very similarly skilled player to Jalen Smith. I think that this is this guy has a different skill set than Jalen Smith and Van Der Esch. Um, you know, again, I, I think t- to me, once they got out of the top ten, once that once once they lost the opportunity to kind of get one of those elite players, you feel a different way than I do about Slater. You feel even like a, you know maybe, maybe a level higher than me about Slater. Yeah, I, I still do. I still preferred Slater to to Parsons. Let me be clear, but to me, they once Sewell and Sertan and Horn were gone, they they didn't have like that kind of elite tier player. And at that point, when they traded back, it was basically picking. You know, need became more of a value. And we even talked about this when you're picking in the top ten, it's hard. You know, you can't really just pick for need. But no, they traded no. back. They got value. They got they got some they got some things to uh, you know. A, Attempt to maybe get some uh, uh, something that they need at cornerback, uh, and then they they took a guy that was extremely high on their board. So, you know, like I said, it's not it's not who I would have picked, and I'm it's certainly fair. not yeah. I'm certainly not thrilled about it. Uh, but I'm 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 not going to beat them up be- until I you know I get a chance to see how what he's like on the field. If if we get to Oxnard, and, and that's and that's part of it too, is that we didn't see him last year. So I have, we have very little idea of what we're getting out of this guy. If we get to Oxnard, this guy's a freak and he's making every single tackle. Obviously we're on board with this, but I think it's hard for me to get too worked up about it when I don't feel like their process was as bad as, as their luck was bad. I, I just, I, I feel so conflicted. Actually, I don't feel conflicted. I know exactly no, how I feel about You this know thing. exactly how you feel. You don't, I mean, look, look, and, 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 I, and I, you and I don't agree necessarily on how bad this is. I think it's okay. You think it's terrible. And I think, that's, well, I think, it, I think that's fair. Of, I mean, partly it is, you look at the investments that they've made at the linebacker position over the last three years, four years, right? Like you drafted Leighton Vanderesh, a linebacker at pick 17 in 2018. And now you're going to be declining his option, and you basically got three years out of Leighton Van Der Esch, two of which have been very injury prone. So they obviously they value linebacker significantly differently than I do. I would love for them to continue to invest those picks on the offensive line, defensive line, and then the secondary. They disagree. They believe that the key to having a good defense is having great linebackers. I, again, we just disagree on uh, the philosophy philosophy here. And again, I think the other part of this, I just didn't believe the player necessarily was worth the 12th pick, even if you had none of the off the field stuff. Like I get the athleticism, but there's enough other concerns about how he translates to this defense. Can he play in coverage? What about his instincts? We know he's an incredible athlete. There's absolutely no doubting that. And he's got the size and the length. I just have concerns about, how much how much football instincts does he have right i certainly look at like i said absolutely totally understand that i i think you know this is clearly the reason this guy is high on boards is, is projection on traits without a doubt you know he had a year of first year playing linebacker uh when 2019 that was absolutely incredible for a guy who was very young at the position mm-hmm. so it, but it is one thousand percent a huge projection. There is no doubt about that, it, it, and, it, and it could easily be a huge. It's it's a boomer bust pick, absolutely, without a doubt. Without a doubt. Yeah. So I mean, there's no. That's the probably the way to describe it. I will say the last thing you know on value there is that I just think in the era now of 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 RP the rise of RPOs and and college and college uh, uh, offense is kind of bleeding further into the NFL. 
the the second level players are extremely valuable because they're the ones who are, are that are being exploited, especially in RPO games. Uh, so if you have a guy, um, it's good to have a, a minimum, a bar for a guy, but it's also great to have a guy that is so athletic that even when you read it correctly with the RPO and you decide to like fit it behind him because you think he's doing the run fit or you try to hand it off because you think he's hesitate, hesitating too much uh, and, and he's, he's filling your pass lane and that guy could still beat you because of his athleticism. It, that's the kind of guy that we can get with Parsons if all things work out. Now, that's uh, there's a big if there. So I, I I I think that that's where the concern is, without a doubt. That it's it's a big huge unknown right now. All right, we're gonna talk a little bit more about the Cowboys' process of getting to this Michael Parsons pick. But before we do that, I want to tell you guys about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar. And let me tell you what they helped me get through the first round of this draft. <laughs> Stress ate about five of them. Uh, it, they're so good; it's hard to even explain it. Real chocolate, amazing flavors, a great combination of low calories, high protein, and low sugar with no crazy additives. Best of all, they taste absolutely fantastic. Go to builtbar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, builtbar.com. All right, Landon, um, post-draft press conference between Jerry Jones, Stephen Jones, uh, Mike McCarthy. <laughs> I never know how much to believe with these because sure. you're always trying to make your, your picks sound great. But according to Stephen Jones and Jerry Jones, this was the number one rated defensive player on their board. It's somebody that they would have taken ahead of the cornerbacks anybody, anyways. They would have taken him at 10. Uh, if they didn't trade down, do you believe all that? I don't think that they actually said that they would take him above the cornerbacks. I think okay. they said that they had him rated above the cornerbacks. Okay. Which, yes. which, which we've even seen this in the past where they talk, to, they talk about ratings without uh, – <laughs> discussing how they actually inject a, a position of value in like a, not, not a, but need in like, like we've, we've seen this before where they have discussed like ratings, like on the board, but they're like, before they've talked about like their needs, like the, the they're just kind of raw ratings. So I, I think what they implied, I mean, they, that, that the, once the corn, I mean, cause they even said once the corners were gone, they decided to bail. Right. So um, I, I believe that they had, I, I don't know why it's hard to believe that they had Parsons really highly rated. Like, I think that that's, I mean, no, he no. is consensusly high, highly rated by, you know, a lot of different outlet, outlets. So I, I don't think that that's hard to believe that he would be rated up there with them. Um, I think what, what, you know, what some would argue again is about positional value versus cornerback and linebacker. And maybe that's it. Maybe they, as pure players at their position, they have Parsons rated higher than, uh, Sertan, but because Sertan and Horn play a position that has higher value, then that's why they would have picked them if they were there all at 10. So who knows? <laughs> who, Again, knows? Again. Who, who knows? Who knows what to believe any of it? You know, it, 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 it could be all of it could be lies. So who knows? I, again, I have no idea. Again, I would not be surprised if they're telling the truth that hmm. <laughs> Parsons was rated higher, but I think they know deep down that cornerback was a bigger need. And listen, they even talked about potentially trying to trade up to get one of the cornerbacks. So that tells you, yeah. that tells you that they were going to draft a guy that was this, uh, lower on their board. But I do think not now, this isn't the right time, but I think maybe over the summer, we need to have a conversation about do the Cowboys actually build their board the right way or should they consider retooling it? Because it does seem like they get into some of these weird situations where, okay, we've got guys rated higher, 
but we're going to go trade for a guy that's rated lower. I mean, I, I, I don't, I, sometimes I don't get it. I think part of it could be that is that we're, you know, we're getting all of this through Jerry Jones. So it's like, I'm sure he's, you know, not exactly, I'm sure he's confused by, by some of it like when he's trying to translate it to us. So who knows? Okay. Maybe what yeah. we can do is give Mike Fisher that $1,000 so we can <laughs> uh, have him go back and see what the board looks like. And that's then that's a good idea. Uh, we're going to talk about what the Cowboys should do here on day two in a second. But before we move on, just any other picks that you really liked or didn't like here in the first round? I, I always like to get some some gut reactions. Man, I'll tell you what. It felt very chalk for the most part. It did. It really did. Uh, and 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 most of the picks that stuck out to me were picks that I didn't like. Like, uh, yeah, uh, yeah I, I thought that that Pittsburgh taking uh, Najee Harris was a little bit weird. Hilarious. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, the, the running back picks were were funny. Um, I thought Kadarius Tony to the to the Giants. If there's That's one person that I know can use Kadarius Tony and his skill sets, it's Jason Garrett, right? I mean, it, it just like <laughs> it just is so odd, right? Like yeah, I know Kadarius yeah. Tony's like really, like yeah. So I thought that was weird. Um, I'm trying. To I really like the, the Greg. One. I really like the Greg Newsom fit to the Browns. I thought that was phenomenal. Sure. Yeah, that that's a good, a good fit. Yeah. Um, Alex Leatherwood to the Raiders. That was surprising. I, you know, and I just, just because wasn't Darisaw on the board at the time still? Yeah, but he didn't go to Alabama. That's, that's, yeah, well, that's fair, that's fair a, enough. That's I guess a, that's what I should have, I should have guessed. Mean, all yeah. mocked for the Raiders wire. That's just who I mocked the whole time because, hey, it's a need and he goes to Alabama. Look, and he goes to Alabama. I should have known. Uh, no, I, for the, I did feel very chalky, especially in the first seven, eight picks. Even when we got to Carolina, it's like, okay, it's probably JC Horn. And then for Denver, it's okay. If it's not a trade out and it's not Justin Fields, maybe it is Patrick Sertan. So it, it didn't feel, it didn't feel too surprising. What do you think about the Eagles moving up to go get Devonte Smith? Well, two things. One, I, I thought it was very shocking that especially in the top 10, nothing happened. Like we, I, yeah. I expected it to be crazy in the top 10 and it really wasn't uh, the Eagles coming up to 12, you know, after hearing it afterwards, it, it makes sense, right? For the Cowboys. It's like, well, if one of these teams is getting Devonte Smith, you know, we might as well get something out of it. So yeah. Uh, yeah. like that. Yeah. I guess it makes, it makes sense. It's interesting that, I don't know. I mean, it, it's interesting that they got two kind of small ball players playing wide receiver. They don't really have uh, very much. I would, I would probably be build my team more like a, uh, a wide receiver group, like a basketball team. Like, like they mm-hmm. say, you know, just like a variety of different players a little bit. And it seems like they have kind of like a one note situation there, but I mean, Devontae Smith is obviously a very talented player and I'm not looking forward to that whole situation. CD lamb, a full year younger than Devontae Smith. Just want to put that out there. Just, That's a good point. Just, just want to put that out there. And the Cowboys didn't have to trade a pick to go get him. Uh, yeah, that's, yeah. that's, that's uh, certainly not complaining about our wide receiver core. Yeah. No, I think we're right. Uh, I do want to talk about what the Cowboys can do at 44 in the rest of this second day to salvage their draft. Um, but before we do that, I want to tell you guys about bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing and you can track all the action at bet online, get all the latest news, odds, and scores for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and UFC. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. 
All right, Landon. Um, the Cowboys now have a pick at 44, 75, 84, and 99 on day two. So a lot of ammunition on top of having, what, two fourth-round picks, a couple more, just a, a ton of draft picks. They have more picks than anybody else in uh, left in the draft. They do. Um, again, pick 44, so 12 picks away. I'm just going to read you Dame Brugler's top available players. Yep. Uh, Jeremiah Usukoromora. We want to get an actual linebacker they can cover. Uh, Aziz Ojolari, Christian Barmore, Landon Dickerson, Tevin Jenkins, Levi Onzariki, uh, Elijah Moore, Sam Cosme, Nick Bolton, Richie Grant, Javon Holland, Trayvon Morrig. What do you What do you want to see the Cowboys do now? I kind of think they should sit and see what happens. You know, the, with Melifon Wu, I mean, I, I I could see a small trade up, and I've, I've been kind of going back and forth, but there's still a lot of names there. You know, All right, it's, so let's it's, let's really quickly. Do they have to get a corner here? No, they don't actually have to. I, I think that they could get on the other side and they could go talk to uh, Casey Hayward or talk to uh, you know. Uh, Richard Sherman, they can go get a, a veteran f- corner if they ha- absolutely had to. It wouldn't be the best situation. Uh, and, and I think probably a better situation would be to still go get one of those guys and draft a guy in the second round at this point. All right. Do they have to go defense at 44? Because there are some offensive guys. You have Tevin Jenkins, who is a mauling right tackle. Landon Dickerson, I don't think that's an option. Uh, Sam Cosme, Lee Eichenberg, Dylan Radunes. Any of those guys do anything for you? Radunes. I like Radunes. Uh, Cosme's okay. No, I mean, I, I mean, I, I don't like, I don't like any of those guys at 44 necessarily, except for Jenkins maybe. Um, but I, I don't think he'll make it to 44. Um, I, 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 I just think that there's probably more defensive players that that managed to stretch to 44 than there are offensive players i i don't i'm not i'm not like against taking an offensive player at 44 if the right ones falls i just i I just think it's more likely that when we get to 44 the players with the with the best value will be defensive players all right and i agree i think i think they're more likely to move up for an offensive guy from from 75 right like 75 and 84 move up let's say to this low 60s i think that's more likely Let's let's rank our top five defensive guys. Um, I don't know what to think about Aziz Ojolari because there's absolutely no way he should be available. No. I'm wondering if the leg is worse than maybe we know, right? Yeah. So awesome. I'm, I'm almost going to leave him off. After that, uh, Trayvon Merrick, Javon Holland, who we know the Cowboys have done a lot of work on, yep. uh, Christian Barmore. Um, who else? Well, you know, Holland, they may have done a lot of work on because he was an opt-out and he's an option at 44 that they just had to get more information about. So that, you know, whether they like him more than any of these other safeties, we'll find out. Um, You know, obviously, Morig, I think, is a guy that they would have targeted in the first round. So Mm -hmm. obviously he tops the list. Um, You know, if someone like Barmore falls all the way to 44, I, I feel like that's hard to say no to. Like... Um, Anzarike, I, I, I mean, I like both of those guys, but, but I, I also think that, you know, you have all these picks now and I don't know. I mean, most of the time, again, I don't know how realistic this is. Most of the times when I'm doing Sims, 
a lot of the guys that I like in the defensive tackle class, like they last till the third round. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you know, I so I, I, I would say that you should, the Cowboys should probably think about defensive back in some form or fashion of 44, um, you know, and I, I mean, I, I think if there's a defensive tackle like on Zarike or Barmore that makes it there, that just absolutely blows your socks off. You have a, you have a really high, big grade on take him. But I, I think more than likely the numbers and uh, the fit is, is probably going to dictate a, some sort of defensive back at 44. I would agree. I, again, we know the Cowboys have done a lot of work on Javon Holland. I think that makes a ton of sense, right? If if you need an athletic guy, another opt-out guy, actually, uh, yeah. another guy that could play the free safety spot. I know they like Trayvon Merrick. I think he makes a lot of sense. I still, I know, and I know we differ here. I still really like Tyson Campbell. And I don't feel like I don't feel like there's a huge. <laughs> I know I'm going to get killed for this. I never felt like there was a huge gap between Patrick Sertan and Tyson Campbell. And if they pick Tyson Campbell, I know. Nah, nah, nah. Uh, yeah. I, if they pick Tyson Campbell at 44, I'll be happy with it because I think he's a starting level corner. Yeah, I do too. I mean, I I I, I thought Tyson Campbell was to me the like my lowest graded guy that I thought could step in and, and play right away. I mean, say what you will about him. He has a ton of experience. He gets a lot of top level yeah, competition sure. and, and he plays in a scheme that, that he, you know, gives him a lot of experience for what he'll do in the NFL. So I do think that of the guys that, uh, of, that could you know be drafted and potentially step in right away and give you start solid starting snaps. I thought Campbell was, was one of them. Um, you know, I, I also still like Efetu Melifonwu. I don't know if I he's going to last that long. So do um, I. You know, so if he's there, I I would prefer him over Campbell, maybe. Um, but I think that I, I think that both of those guys are totally acceptable and great choices at forty four to kind of come in and, and and man that role opposite Diggs. I have a hard time believing they're going to mess this one up. I know I said that this morning when we did a podcast, but I I feel like the guys that are available, like there's so many guys that we've talked about that do make sense. The the only honestly, if they go on defense, the only one that I don't think makes a lot of sense, or one that I wouldn't love, would be like Carlos Basham, and we've talked about Basham on this yeah. podcast, right? I think Milton sure. Williams would be a little bit of a reach if they decided to go in that direction, but other than that, I, I feel pretty good about seven, eight, ten guys there. And that's that's kind of my thing here is that we've talked about Parsons specifically, you know, and that's that's why I think a lot of there's there's anger there, and a lot of people don't like a lot of the things about Parsons. But I, I think it's it's still, and this is part of the issue with splitting up the draft over three nights, right? Is that it's hard to get a a large big picture of how your draft is one night at a time. I think mm-hmm. you, you at least have to wait until after the second night. And especially since the Cowboys have so much draft capital starting tomorrow. Um, you, you say salvage. I, I, I say that I think that the Cowboys have uh, the opportunity to, to really make this draft. And, and, and you know, maybe, maybe the, the first pick wasn't the showstopper that we were hoping for. Uh, but, you know, when you combine it with the other people that they were able to get on, on day two, uh, maybe it'll turn out to be quite a, quite a, an injection of talent into our defense, uh, and 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 that'll carry us to good things next year. I do again I, if they come away with Merrick or Javon Holland or um, uh, who's I mean Tyson Campbell. I, I don't know if Richie Grant's in the conversation, but I do think some, maybe Melifon, I, I feel really good. There are a couple guys that scared me, and I'll give them to you really quickly. Yeah, we talked about Carlos Basham. How would you feel about Joseph Asai at forty four? I feel like he's more a 75 guy, but I would agree. Um, 
you know, I, I, I also think that if you take a sigh, you might be uh, eating into a little bit what you have planned for Micah Parsons, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, that, that, that's one. The other one that makes me a little nervous is Elijah Molden, who we talked about just a couple days ago. I still think that's an option at 75, but if you happen to look at the consensus board that the athletic put up, he's like in the, in the forties. I know Dane Brugler has him at 45 overall. That one just doesn't make a ton of sense to me. Any other ones that I'm missing? How are you evaluating Molden as a cornerback or as a safety? I I don't think he can play corner in, in Dan Quinn's scheme, right? He's got 29. Yeah. Turn. That's what, that's why I, I guess that's what I was getting at. I, I like him as a safety who can come in and cover in the slot, uh, but not at, not so much at 44. Um, I think I think if a, another team might value him more because they will value that type of cornerback more than we do. But if we're evaluating him as a safety, I like him in that role, and I think he could do that, but, but I think 44 is rich. All right, uh, last thing before we go. Do we expect the Cowboys to make all four picks tomorrow? I do, but I, you know, I'm certainly not like convicted about it because I, I certainly think that there is there is an argument to be made that that if you really feel like you need a corner, that you probably should think about trading up to get him. I agree. They, I just also don't know how many roster spots do they have available. Four picks on day two, then you have two fourth rounders, a fifth, sixth, seventh, and seventh, and we know that they're going to bring in a couple of UDFA guys. You might not have that many jobs available so I, I wouldn't be surprised if they move on a little bit but we'll see uh that is it for today's show thank you guys for tuning in as always you can download and subscribe to the podcast on apple Podcasts, spotify or wherever you get your podcast you can follow the show at locked on cowboys you can follow landon at mccoolbcb and i'm at marcus underscore mosher and we will see you next time